Hello, and welcome back to NRI Woman, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living abroad. Our world is so diverse, filled with people of different religions, languages, races, and social economic groups. Understanding different cultures allows one to be more open, tolerant, and accepting of others. And Kartika Gupta, our guest today, wants to showcase the beautiful and a diverse world we live in by ways of conversations, narratives, visuals, and hands-on experiences through her platform, Culturally Ours. I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. And this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Meta Jewelry. Meta Jewelry has been in the heart of Chennai City since 1911. For over a century, they have been handcrafting jewels for people from Chennai, Hyderabad, Tokyo, USA, Dubai, and everywhere else. They specialize in diamond jewelry, using only the diamonds with maximum brilliance. They recreate antique designs with contemporary twists under the brand name Recollection. Their combination of handcrafting and technology ensures beautiful bridal jewelry and jewelry that you would love to wear on your special evenings out. Check out their exclusive website mentioned on the NRI Woman podcast show notes or our NRI Woman Facebook page. Every NRI Woman referral is entitled to an exclusive 10% discount on diamonds and a range of other exciting offers. And don't forget to share your contact details at the bottom of their webpage to redeem their offers. Kartika grew up in Mumbai and came to the U.S. to pursue her master's. She got a job at campus recruitment, and that was the beginning of her corporate career which spanned over 15 years. Kartika had a job she'd always wanted, but life had different plans for her. Ever since I was a kid, I really wanted to work in a bank. And don't ask me why. I just, something about the whole banking institution and the interactions. I just, I just loved it. So for me, getting a job with City was a dream come true. And I absolutely loved my time there. I was in marketing. I was actually managing the phone channels for credit cards. So when you, you know, when you call your credit card and you say, Hey, I want to change my address or what is my balance? Sometimes they try to upsell you with services. So that's sort of what I was doing. Sometime around 2010, my son was born in 09. I have two kids. And I just found myself with a camera, found myself sort of documenting him and my daughter, who was three years older than him, basically with the intention of just sharing it with my family and my husband's family. But something sort of switched in my brain and I realized that I really loved this creative expression and pretty soon people were also kind of taking notice and by people I mean my friends and it was, hey Karthika, I love these pictures, can you take our family photos? And kind of one thing led to the other and I found myself almost having a part-time job. (laughs) Like I didn't have enough things to do. I had a full-time nine to five, I had two young kids and then I was doing this on the weekends and I did it part-time for about four years, loved, loved, loved. And I still love photography. I love that creative form of expression. And in 2014, decided to quit. Kathika loved her job at the bank and she loved photography. However, pursuing them at the same time was beginning to overwhelm her. And then she was nudged to quit her corporate job. There were two reasons she decided to leave her corporate job. The first was related to work and the second, personal. The reason why I quit was because my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. So a huge part of me was like, you know, I want to quit. I want to go. I want to be with her. And there is no company that's going to give me two months off. Even as much as I can accumulate on my leave and take leave without pay, it just 
wasn't working out. And so that, and then I had my manager switched and I got somebody who said on my review that it was a learning experience for both of us. And by the time I had, I was already doing my role for like three years. So there was no learning experience on my part. It was all on his part, but he didn't have the courage to kind of say that. So it's just that plus, you know, mom situation, plus my photography was really picking up. And I, I don't think I slept for like three years because I was so busy. And, you know, after the kids would go to bed in the evening doing all my client work, it's like everything kind of came together. And the natural thing for me to do was quit because I took a couple of months off. I, you know, spent time with mom. I kind of did a lot of my photography stuff as well. I kind of, you know, put my, you know, the, all, all the all the things that you do when you kind of want to go full steam, built my website, created my branding, all of that stuff. So it was it was the right time to do that. Quitting one's job is never an easy decision and quitting a six-figure one at that even harder. But taking that decision when one comes from a culture that is not appreciative of giving up stability to dive into the unknown like entrepreneurship is probably the hardest. As far as I know, I'm the only sort of entrepreneur in, you know, in my family from both sides. So this was not a concept that was known and tried and tested, right? It was very foreign. So my mom tried to react in a calm way as much as she could, but I don't think she could keep the panic out of her voice. Education was a big part of my childhood and growing up. Both my parents were highly educated. And so the whole idea was that you go to school, you you know, you get really good grades, you get a fantastic job, and that's it, your life is made. There are no there's no rocking the boat. There is no doing anything else other than what you kind of set out to do. So when I told my mom that I was quitting, she, I think she was in shock. Uh, (laughs) She tried not to react because she knew that I would not take kindly to any sort of weird reactions. And But she only asked me, she said, what is your plan B? And I was like, mom, what do you mean? I haven't even figured out my plan A yet. Well, how are you talking about plan B? And she laughed and she was like, you know, okay, you try this for a few months. And if it doesn't work out, you can go back to your old job. And I think when she saw the work that I was putting into it, she kind of figured that, okay, this girl is really serious. <laughs> this is something that she wants to do. And that's the, the beauty with parents. They, at the end of the day, they, they only want what's good and what makes us happy. With the support of her family, Kathika pursued her new career with a mix of apprehension and confidence. Photography is the ability to hedge both artistic talent and technical skills. Kartika learned the technical aspect of photography along the way. She scoured the internet for free resources, rented equipments versus buying it first to keep costs low, took paid courses, but most importantly, she pursued and never gave up. She was not a qualified photographer when she started dabbling at it, but she didn't let the fear of failure hold her back. This attitude she carried forward through her business as well. Failure is not a dirty word. Failure is not something that you have to be ashamed of. It's all right. And it, it took it took me also a little bit getting used to once my daughter started middle school because that's when grades start coming in. And I could see my I could see that Indian mindset <laughs> where I'm like, What? You didn't get an A? And she's like, No, I did not. And I had to really rein myself in and say that it's okay, she's learning something. You know, an A doesn't mean an A student. There are other ways of understanding what and how a student is successful or what makes somebody successful. The biggest, I guess, 
life lesson this whole thing has taught me is that you don't get second chances. You have one, and I know there's a famous quote, and I'm going to totally butcher it, but you have this one fabulous, fantastic life. What are you going to do with it? I did not want to see myself in a position where, again, I put in my 200% and I get a review that says it was a learning experience. I wanted to learn and I wanted to be responsible for my successes or my failures. I was open to that. And, you know, eventually I did lose my mom. So for me, go, thinking back, I realized that that was the best decision that I had made, where I dropped everything and I went and I spent time with her. I got to, you know, engage with her. I got to be a part of whatever she was going through and she got to see what I was going through. So for me, even, and that's sort of how I approach my business too. Um, yes, you know, money matters. And yes, at the end of the day, we have to pay our bills and we have to kind of, you know, survive, but take chances. So today I call myself a creative entrepreneur, a photographer. I write, I have a podcast. So a lot of, you know, different things, but I don't think I would do it any other way. Karthika's career has always been a wonderful mix of corporate, technology and creativity. Having lived and worked in many parts of the world, she was always surrounded by so many amazing people who brought a rich cultural diversity into her life. And these interactions led her to want to know more, not just about her culture, but about other cultures too. And then she thought, perhaps there are others like her who may be curious to learn too. So Culturally Ours started off as a way for me to share my stories and the stories of people around me from the point of view of being in a different culture, being in a, in a place that was so different from what we were used to, right? I mean, here I was an Indian, born and raised in India, now living in the States, whose kids, you know, I've been born in the States. I was constantly sort of grappling with this question of who am I? What is my identity? Am I Indian? Am I American? Am I a mix of both? How how do I have these conversations? And when I started realizing that perhaps it's just not me, there are others in similar situations all around the world. And how do they kind of live their life? What is, I mean, I have idli and dosa for breakfast. What is somebody in Japan having for breakfast? I mean, I was very curious and these questions keep kept coming up. And I wanted to have a space where people could share these narratives, share these stories. And so that's sort of what Culturally Ours is. It's a platform where people come on and share um, share their life stories, their life journeys, or certain aspects of their life that basically help us get connected with each other. Kataka believes that while diversity and inclusion can mean different things to different people across different languages, the importance of belonging is universal. The more we understand each other, the more we appreciate one another. Appreciation and understanding brings empathy and acceptance. With Culturally Ours, Kathika hopes to provide a platform that magnifies that understanding. I have my stories, but then I only have a limited number of stories, right? I mean, I can talk about Indian culture and I can talk about how as an Indian, I'm kind of assimilating myself to the American culture. But there's so much else going on. I mean, even in the communities that we live in, wherever we are, there are people of different cultures and, and religious backgrounds and everything. And it's just been a case where... 
the more I talk, the more I connect with people, the more I learn. And I have, you know, I have my sort of audience coming back to me and saying, oh my God, I love this conversation about faro music. It's it's a form of Portuguese music that started off when Portuguese explorers would go off and their families would be left behind. It's very soulful. It's very, it talks about longing. I never knew that until I found this girl who at 24 is singing Fado music all around the world. And so these, it's not just about the things that we know that are sort of made popular, but it's all about the other things that are equally important, but just don't get a platform or don't get eyeballs or earbuds to it. So for me, it's morphed into such a more beautiful expression of the diversity and the beauty that's around us everywhere we look. And I hope it makes one realize that uh, be more open and be more aware of everything that's around you. Ask those questions, not for any negative sort of connotation, but because you're curious and you really want to understand. Because I truly believe when you understand, you become more empathetic. And when you become more empathetic, you become more welcoming. Perhaps Kartika even found some of the courage to quit her job and pursue her passion from her learnings from different cultures. She grew up in a culture that defined intelligence and success based on an education in science and a stable job. Taking a risk requires courage to face the fear of uncertainty. Irrespective of the outcome, either way, one grows through the process and becomes more resilient and confident. Life is too short to kind of sit in a cubicle and wonder what if or have a meeting or get an email and say oh my god what if i what if i do this yes it's going to be risky it's going i don't know what's going to happen but what is the worst that can happen you can fail at it and you learn something from it and you move on and you don't do that you you try something else so whether it's kind of doing crazy things like i did where i completely quit cold turkeys you know left a six figure job to kind of do something else Risk can be done in many different ways. It can be done in small things as well. So to build up your confidence that you can do something. I've had my fair share of failures. Being in business for 10 years, it's not a it's not a smooth sailing. There are days when I'm sitting there wondering what the heck is going on and how am I going to get my next paycheck. But it's just, it's part of the process. I think, like I alluded to earlier, failure is not a dirty word. Don't put it as a dirty word because then it's just, there's no going up. I mean, there's there's no way you can get up if that's the mindset. So that and try everything, every email, every conversation. Every, I say yes to every opportunity, not because I'm always thinking about, oh, is that going to get me a client? But because I want to know what else is out there. I want to know who who is that person. I want to connect. I want to know their story. Whether it becomes a business transaction or not is secondary and not relevant at that point. But look at every opportunity as a door that could potentially lead to something. And that's a I think that's a great way for a, for a business mindset to just have fun because you're you're doing this because you didn't want the 9 to 5 or you're you know you're stepping outside your comfort zone for a reason so might as well have a good time and might as well enjoy it It's called comfort zone for a reason and stepping out of it can be quite stressful but surely one can try attempting baby steps towards getting out of it Understanding different cultures, willing to experience them, also demands one step out of their comfort zone. According to the World Economic Forum, one in every 30 people globally is an immigrant, 
which means to understand the world around us better, we have to understand the people in it better. Kathika says, at the end of the day, we have the same hopes, dreams and aspirations to live a life worth living. Why not just do that together? I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. Thank you for joining us today and we hope you'll join us again for our next episode. We can be found at nriwoman.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just look for NRI Woman. You can support us by supporting our sponsor, Mehta Jewelry. Please click on the sponsor link in our episode show notes and fill in your details for exclusive offers for NRI Woman. We'd love to hear from you. Share with us your thoughts on this episode. That's how we grow. Email us at hello at nriwoman.com. Please help us spread the amazing stories of these women by sharing it with your friends and family. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Our featured fellow podcaster is Nefarious Podcast. Tiffany and Sarah bring you weekly nefarious stories and discussion with some laughs along the way. You can find their podcast every Wednesday on most podcast listening platforms or wherever you're listening to our podcast. Hey, you're listening to Tiffany and Sarah at Nefarious Podcast. Each week we bring you stories encompassed into different themes. Our stories range from the chillingly comical to the downright disturbing. We dive into all things nefarious. Join us as we put a lighthearted spin on otherwise serious topics and get to know us along the way. You'll love us. We hope. (laughs) Find our podcast on all major platforms as we drop new episodes every Wednesday. This episode was edited by Eric Heidbretter. NRI Woman episodes come out every Monday, so make sure you subscribe. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring, and be kind. Next week on NRI Woman. So the biggest misconception that I have seen that people have about homeopathy is that it's slow to act, that it's going to take forever, that if you were to take homeopathic remedies, it's going to take a long time for you to feel better. And from in my experience, that's not true. I have seen that if the symptoms, it depends on how long you've had the symptoms. So if something has started just a few minutes or a few hours or a few days, it's going to get better very quickly.